shit, shit, shit show. It's a fucking shit show. Shit show. Welcome back to Shit Show Saturday. Andrew and Kiki reporting in. Say hi. Where's your voice? Oh, there it is. <laughs> uh, I have another recording from a recent shit show support group. And if listening to this doesn't make you want to join, I don't know what to tell you, okay? This was such a powerful group that we had, and there was even a more powerful share that I excluded from the, the, the podcast episode today, just to, out of respect to the person who shared. But I was, I was brought to tears several times throughout this meeting, and again, I just feel so honored and grateful to, to have all these all of you wonderful shit shows in my life. Uh, so again, this is my online support community where I have four weekly Zoom support groups where you have access to discussion boards and messages and all the damn things. So how about you do yourself a favor and damn the join shit show, okay? See link in the show notes. Love you all. They say that I should damn the join shit show. They say that that's where people go to heal. They say that I'll feel seen and heard like I have never felt before. So I'm going to damn the joint right now. Be aware of how you feel. What happened today? How did you feel about it? Just like all those stuffed feelings from childhood that we could not deal with them, any feelings that we repress or deny today don't go away. They linger in our energy field until we give them their due. Sometimes these repressed feelings block our view of the truth. For many of us, resisting our feelings is an ancient pattern and habitual way of life. Take your time to debrief from your day but don't just say what you did and what you liked. Say how you felt about each thing that occurred. You might make a discovery that surprises even you. You don't necessarily have to tell the other person how you feel, but you might. For certain, you at least need to tell yourself. Today is just a simple reminder of something you already know. Be aware each day of what happens and be aware of how you feel. God, help me remember that it's okay to be who I am and feel what I feel, no matter what those feelings are. Remind me when I believe my feelings are a nuisance, that they're the key to my power. So I just thought that we could just, I know we did a little one minute before, but I just thought we could just settle in really quickly and just see how we're feeling like right now. And if there's anything from the day that maybe we're We've wanted to kind of suppress, so let's just settle in just for a couple breaths. So I'm I'm feeling overwhelmed, and I've been feeling kind of overwhelmed, a little panicky, a little sense of urgency, even more so than normal um, in the past few days. And, you know, I've really been, like last night, wh- what happens with me a lot is it's like right before I go to bed, I think about all the things that I didn't get done, all the things that I've had on like my to-do list for months, (laughs) like a year (laughs) um, that I didn't get done. And I just feel like just this overwhelming sense of like panic and urgency. And like, if I don't get it done the next day that, um, 
that like my life is over. <laughs> and so last night I tried to pause and um and check in like with my inner child, but I'm still trying to figure out what is what is this part of me? You know, I'm connecting in with like kind of the procrastination and the self-sabotage, but um I'm still just trying to figure out I feel like I have so many different things going on at the same time where I'm like realizing it's, this is like parts work, but then at the same time in the interview today with, um, with Beth, Bethany Webster, I felt like was just such divine timing for me, just realizing how much of my, um, like my self-sabotage and my inability to like fully thrive, like how much of that is tied to, um, kind of the subconscious wounds and feelings that I'm carrying that are related to my mom. I just want to share this one quote from um, from her book that really just, I'm kind of all over the place, but God, this hit me hard. Uh, it says, let's see here. Mm. Mm. So this is particularly for a daughter, but it says the unlived life of a mother can be experienced by her daughter as a powerful burden consciously or unconsciously. Important factors include how much the mother had conflict with her own mother, how deeply she has internalized the lie of her own inferiority and whatever unhealed trauma is in her own history. In other words, whatever a mother refuses to confront in her own life will present some kind of challenge in her relationship with her daughter and additionally may contribute to some kind of challenge for her daughter in her own life. Um, so yeah, I'm just having like a lot of feelings come up, like related to my mom, especially like after having that trip with her, that was just sad. And yeah, so I'm just like, I'm, what am I feeling? I don't like what I'm feeling. I don't like what I'm feeling, but I'm trying to be present with it and just trust that like more will be revealed, more will be clear, um, not to ignore it, push it away and just really be present with it as best as I can. So, um, I feel it right now it's like on the top of my legs feels like snakes snakes on a plane <laughs> snakes on my leg huh, go ahead Jen okay so I don't think I ever speak first so but you talked about your mom so I felt like I had to share um this week I've been grappling with having chronic illnesses and I, you know, I've been aware of the ACE study or the adverse childhood experiences study for about eight years. And then over the last five years, it's just my health problems just stack and stack and stack. And I finally had a therapist actually acknowledge, you know, that my chronic health issues are, I just, it feels like my childhood just keeps showing up even though I, you know, I do the work and I'm working on my healing. Um, this week on Monday, about 30 minutes before my therapy appointment, I got a call from a new doctor and I had so much medical anxiety just coming up and coming up. And I, of course, got to talk about it with my therapist. And then on Tuesday, whenever I came to this group, you know, we're talking about our higher power and you know, sometimes I get really angry and resistant to any form of trust. And I think it was um, 
Sandra who is talking and every time she talks, I, I feel the higher power. And um, I just kept hearing like, trust, trust, trust. Um, and then today I had to get um, some blood work and I really, you know, hate getting blood work, but I, I've figured it out and I know the best labs to go to where they're the best and the kindest and get me in and out. And every time I get blood work done, I think of my mom. And when my mom was at the end of her life, she was so unwell. And every time she had to get an IV in, it was really bad. The doctors and nurses weren't kind. And my mom's addiction and alcoholism just ravaged her body. And even when I can be positive and I can be healthy and I, you know, I do as much as I can to be as healthy as possible, um, you know, the body keeps the score. My body doesn't care. So I have to, I keep going and I keep going to my doctor's appointments and I get to meet a new doctor next week. But as I was getting my blood work today, I always hear my mother's voice in my head. And when she was dying and she was getting IVs and she would say, I don't want to be a pincushion. And the way my mom said it, it was just so sad. Um, but I, it's, it's like, I feel like she's with me <laughs> in those moments with her strange sense of humor. And, you know, it, it is hard when our parents neglect and abandon us as children. And then it's also frustrating for me as an adult who feels like I do every possible thing to care for my body, but it sometimes feels like it just doesn't matter. And I think of my mom and how anxious she was. She didn't have a therapist that she talked to her about her medical anxiety. She didn't have support groups that she went to. She didn't talk to anybody. She just went to the bottle. She just drank and drank and drank until it ravaged her body. And, you know, I feel like I've come a long way in my grief and my acceptance. But sometimes it's just so incredibly painful to just keep reliving when your own body is fighting against you. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Thank you guys for hearing me. Hey, fellow shit shows. Um, the line at the beginning there, I gut reaction was, I'm my mother's daughter. And I mean that um, jokingly, but also in a true way, like a very true way. Like I'm, she was like, it's always like a male machissimo. We're always watching MASH. God, I hate MASH so much. Um, but like shooting them up movies is what she called them. And she's like, I just always wanted a daughter and you get to be that for me. And so I did, because that's what she said she wanted. So I did that. 
and I'd go shopping with her and do things because she didn't have that daughter. I feel like she was robbed of a daughter, so I had to fill in. And that wasn't really fair. Um, the parentification, I'm just realizing more and more how unfair it is. Like, it's so normal in my mind. Like, I, it wasn't that bad. My parents loved me. Um, so I had to act like an adult, like I was going to be an adult anyways, but like I was eight. And in that moment, I learned it doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what I think. This is the way it is. And, um, I guess that's stuck with me ever since. Cause I don't think it, I'm just now starting to realize like through recovery that it might matter. I don't fully believe it. I don't yet. But I'm but I'm learning and I'm getting there. Um I don't know about you guys, but um sometimes when I'll get to like an emotional place, my body will throw up like defense mechanisms to like stop it, where like your brain will shut down or you'll run away. Um, and I'll generally like go up about three or four feet above my body and hang out there because it's not safe in my body. Um, and I'm really trying to anchor here right now. And I appreciate y'all letting me do that because I'm not very good at it. But I am more and more in touch with my body and how I feel. And it matters because I've got a higher power now that that works for me. It doesn't sound like trauma, but all my parents said growing up was it doesn't matter anything. Nothing else matters. The only thing that matters in our life is that you're a young man who loves the Lord and walks with the Lord. Kind of fucked that one up. Um, and and I'm learning now. I do feel like a disappointment because that's all they wanted. Just believe in this God that we do. Um, by the way, don't. Don't be too gay. Like I realize I'm, I'm really afraid of my feminine side ever since uh, I was like two, like embarrassing story. I like dressed up in a dress and like lipstick and high heels and walked to the neighbor's house. And uh, like everyone knew they said I was gay. And when I was like six or seven and I, you learn about what other people's perception of you is, I learned that. And I got so deathly afraid of doing anything feminine like that for fear of being found out because if I got found out everything falls apart and I ruin the family because I ruin myself in the eyes of the Lord or whatever but I just swung so far on the pendulum of like hyper masculinity and like tough guy Mike is like this version of myself in IFS that I'm finding like tough guy Mike kept me safe like he kept that little kid safe because my dad didn't talk much he was very on the spectrum and and didn't say I love you verbally and all I did was hear my mom tell me and like triangulate the whole time of like I just want you to know your father loves you so much and I'd be like I know mom I know and looking back it'd be like it'd be really nice to fucking hear it from him and to have him hug me and say I love you and say I'm proud of you it's taken a lot of work to get there but like in my 20s I finally after like 20 years I told him, I said, dad, I need you to tell me you're proud of me and that you love me. And he was like, well, of course. And I'm like, not now, not this second in general. And it's fucking proud that I did that. And 
it shows growth that like I might be afraid of this feminine side but it's not wrong and I'm allowed to feel things and feel deeply like I'm a super hyper over the top empath and I'll give all of myself and now I'm learning to like actually hold on to what I need and actually I get to be the man that I always wanted to be I always wanted like knight and shining army to come and rescue me and I'm like I get to be that now I get to be the man that I want to be in whatever ways and masculine and feminine in what I feel and don't feel. And that's scary as fuck. And I, I, I'm terrified of this, but I'm not running away from it. I'm not going backwards. I'm not going to drink about this. I'm not going to fuck half of Denver. I'm going to just be me and show up at these meetings and be a shit show with all of you because you guys are doing it. And you really encourage me to like, keep going. And I, I'm really glad that everyone showed up tonight. Glad you showed up for your recovery and for your life. Thank mm. you. Hey, everyone. Glad to be here. Andrea, your share really hit me in the gut, too. Um, yeah, I to get more in touch with my uh, inner parts. And we had a really great meeting last night. And um, I was talking uh, about so much of the anger that I've had and wrestled with as as a parent and how it has um, come out with my kids in um, God <clears throat> you know it doesn't it's like it doesn't have anything to do with them and anyway we were just talking about that and and today we had a we had another snow day fucking snow day in North Dakota in October um and and I was home with my kids and I was like all excited this morning I was like this is so great this is what I've wanted this is an answer from higher power like I've just been craving this time with my kids and I started to feel the the resentment bubbling up inside me that I needed to take care of them. And the shame that that comes along with saying that. But I was like, what the fuck is this about? And I, I wasn't, I was able to notice that like, I was having an overreaction to, uh, you know, just their regular needs. And, um, and then I, I told them, you know, boys, I, I just, mommy needs a, I just need a little bit of alone time. And I, I started to realize that like I had been displacing my anger towards my sister, um, my boys. My family had a group text going today about the weather because we can't talk about anything real. So they were talking about the road conditions and I know that my niece is at my sister's place right now and um, nobody's talking, nobody's talking about anything. And it got me vengeful inside, right? I, I just, I wanted to lash out. I had all these, you know, I had the fantasy thinking going on and um, I was, and I, and I was able to recognize that that was my inner teenager raging inside at my sister and how I had felt abandoned by her and 
the abuse that I incurred from her at her hands and that how she is hidden and my brother is hidden and my parents have hidden behind their religion. And, you know, just if you just pray enough and get enough Jesus, this will all go away. And when I confronted my sister, you know, she said, well, I said, I'm, you know, that's all I can do. And the story, you know, in her eyes. But the real amazing thing that happened was um, later on, then uh, we wanted to watch a movie together. And so we put on Frozen 2. And as I was watching it, and I've seen it before, Anna is pleading with Elsa as the little sister. Please don't shut me out of the door. I just, I just floated into tears. And for three hours, I cried. And I heaved. And I, and I saw so much of our family dysfunction represented symbolically in that film. And my boys were there. And I just was like, I have, I'm sad. My heart hurts. Can you get me a tissue? I'm okay. You know, I like didn't try to cover it up. I just let it out. But I felt so, I felt like I saw myself in the characters. And the older sister, younger sister relationship. The younger sister pleading with the older sister for her attention. For a relationship with her, to not be left behind, to not be left out. And then I also saw so much of what I could I relate with, with Anna struggling with her own way and down deep into the past. And I, and I, I wish, you know, like, can it be a Disney movie where we can just go down into the glacier and we can find the pictures of our grandparents and we can see what happens that cause the conditions to make our parents treat us the way that they did that's what I want I'm so tired like I just want those answers too and I and I just grieved I just grieved the loss of my mom and dad don't didn't get and couldn't give me Elsa running into this the dark sea you know the representation of our subconscious and fighting with that horse as it the horse is trying to attack her and then she learns how to ride it and i felt like that's like me with my anger that's been me with my anger i've been fighting it for so long and i have to figure out a way i have to figure out a way to live with it and so it was a truly um profound experience watching that film and my boys you know, I, I felt myself softened. I cried it all. I, I, I just, and they were okay. I, I didn't take it out on them. And I know that I've, I've been working on this Veterans Day program with my students in two weeks and a song that I wrote about my grandfather in World War II. And I was looking at his, his papers from when he was finished with his service. He didn't graduate high school. He didn't go to college. He had an eighth grade education. And he was 22 when he went over to Germany. So in the eighth grade was when he was orphaned. He went over and fought in World War II. And after that, he came back. 
and hopped a train down to California and met my grandmother who had also been orphaned. And then those two came back and had my father and three daughters. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. That was a huge win for me. And I'm, I feel so lucky and blessed um, to have you all in my life. Thanks. For me, what came up with this reading was um, not necessarily what I repress as much as what I replace it with, what I will allow. I won't allow myself to feel some things, but I'll allow myself to feel other things. And I did have a, a moment of clarity this weekend. I think there's some people in here that know that I was in a car accident on Friday and I had to, I had to stop sign. So I just went into this really bad place of blaming myself. And um, I never gave myself any time to realize how sore my body was, you know, that I, that my neck still hurts, you know? Um, and I just kept saying, well, you know, you had the stop sign. So who cares how you feel you it's your fault, you know? And it's funny how we will let ourselves repress an emotion that makes sense. I mean, that, you know, fear, I, I was scared. I don't, I still, am reeling like I don't really know what happened I don't know how it happened but how I wouldn't let myself at first I wouldn't let up I would not and I just I don't know why we well we do that because we're we're ACAs but it's what you'll let come in like why wouldn't I just let myself be um, fearful and that I made a mistake that I would absolutely just come in with really really mean stuff that I was saying to myself and I, I managed to get myself in a better place um, but it was like when I realized how sore I was it was like why do I keep pushing myself to do more and more and more I need to lay down I hurt I need to take care of myself and I did that and I was I was proud of myself for that. But the other thing that came up for me tonight was listening um, when you said, Andrea, that you talked to Bethany Webster. Well, you know what? I bought her course like three years ago. I started it. And what happened for me there was I realized I had this image of my mom in that before I started that course. And, you know, she was this poor depressed woman who, you know, my father brutalized. And in that course, it, it, it takes you through the whole, you know, the lineage and the patriarchy and all of that and how women are, are just sort of programmed to allow things. And, um, that course, I stopped doing it just because I felt safer with the image of my mom as this person who was suffering, and she was, I'm not denying that. But in the end, I'm, I'm also denying and repressing how much she let happen and how much she did not come in and help at all. I mean, my mom would disappear, walk away, 
And I, I still don't blame her. I never did. But just realizing that I have this course that I paid a lot of money for that I stopped doing because it was taking away that image of my mom. She had to be unable to care for me. And I'm, and I realized that she was able, she just chose not to. And, um, again, no blame because I understand it. I probably have done the same things with my kids at times, but, um, I was just thinking about how we will repress emotions that just seem so easy to just let out but we won't let ourselves do it. And to do that, sometimes you have to come in with even worse feelings and you're okay with the worst feelings, but you won't feel the ones that would make you feel better. And that's just what came up for me when we were, when, not, when I heard the reading and then heard Andrea talk. I have, a, I just realized I have a, this whole course I have to take. So thank you for listening. Been there, done that. <laughs> You mean, I thought that like we would get all the benefits just from paying the money. So apparently that's not how it goes. Thanks. Um, wow. I am sitting here listening and I'm so emotional. And uh, sitting here really made me realize how detached from my emotions I am. Because it really took just listening to everybody share just being really raw to um to really like bring up some feelings in me that I didn't even realize were there or I was just avoiding um I had raised my hand earlier and I was going to share about something else and as time has gone on I'm just thinking like my um how I'm feeling I'm feeling I'm feeling really sad I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling afraid. I'm feeling alone. I'm feeling disappointed. And those are just the feelings I can actually put a put a name on. Um, my uh, my brother died two years ago. My younger brother died two years ago from cancer on October thirty first. And um, my mom died when I was like 32. She had breast cancer and she died. And when she died, my dad basically just disconnected himself from all of us. I mean, he was never really a part of our lives. You know, he was always that like absent dad emotionally, but he physically distanced himself from all of us. My mom died and, um, So my brother and my sister and myself were just never like anytime we would be together, that dynamic, that just family dynamic would just come back. You know, it, we just couldn't be around each other. We knew it. We didn't know why we didn't understand it, but we just knew that when we were together, I think we were also desperate to try to heal and not even knowing like what we were healing from or why we were healing, but we just knew there was something so wrong. And when we would all be together, it was just no good. So we 
we went in many different directions, even though we weren't far from each other physically, demographically, we didn't spend a lot of time together. So my brother got sick and, um, you know, it was really hard for me because I didn't have a good relationship with him. And I watched him, you know, I watched him, I watched him get really sick and get sicker over a year and um and I watched him die. And I have a sister-in-law and a niece who's left that I really tried to maintain a relationship with because because I feel sorry for them. I feel so bad for them because they love my brother so much. And my brother, you know, he was he was raised in the same home I was raised in. Like, you know, we have we all had our own stuff, right? So never angry with him I was disappointed and sad because he took a lot of you know I became a scapegoat in the family and you know I all I ever tried to do was just be a good person and a good sibling and it never worked but um today my sister-in-law has been trying to get together like with myself and my sister to do this like last year we got together for dinner on um like the day my my brother died and uh my sister-in-law is trying to do this again and i mean i want to it's not like I, it's not that i don't want to i do want to because i miss my brother and i feel like i want to spend time with my sister-in-law and my my uh, niece and my sister is just totally avoiding this whole thing and you know i guess she's trying to protect herself and i get it but you know, we cried and cried over the fact that he's gone and why he had to leave so soon and he was so young and why it had to happen. And it hasn't taken that long for things to just go back to business as usual and dysfunctional family bullshit. And it's just so disgusting to me. And I try hard not to judge because that's like where I go, you know, shouldn't judge, shouldn't feel the way I'm feeling. But I'm just so disgusted. I'm just so disgusted, you know, like, what does it take? What does it take for people to want to like, look at themselves and look at relationships and want to do some healing and make it better? It just makes me so sad. It makes me so sad. I'm just really glad to be here and I'm really glad that I heard everybody share what they shared so openly and honestly because it helped me to really to feel this because I've just been avoiding it. Like I haven't let myself feel these feelings or cry or feel anything. I've just been like keeping it moving like I always do. And tonight, because of all of you, like, I'm really just feeling the hurt and the pain. So thank you.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.